Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Hitman's Last Great Year. This is a Smack Attic Podcast Project brought to you by your host, Matt Vaughn, which is me. Great to have you here. Once again, talking about Bret Hart's final year in the World Wrestling Federation. We are nearing the end of it. There's only about a month and a week or so left, and we're talking about Raw's War for September 29th, 1997. My guest co-host today, joining me once again on the podcast, William C. Vaughn is here, Will. You're my brother. You are my podcast co- guest co-host. I don't know which is more important to me, but you occupy both seats, thankfully, so I don't have to really decide. Yeah, I'll go with neither on that. Matt, if you look up Stone Cold Steve Austin in a dictionary, the first thing it says... Stone Cold Steve Austin, by definition, yep. first thing it says, if, you, if, if you've if you never seen Steve Austin before, if you have no idea who he or it or what is, it will say a rattlesnake. Uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin, by definition, is a rattlesnake. Yep. I find that very helpful. If you don't know who the gentleman is, uh, you will then think, oh, okay, it's a breed of rattlesnake. And then uh, you look at the picture next to you, it, and uh, it's a bald uh, man from Texas with a goatee. That's right. Yeah, you'll see he's a beer swollen son of a gun. And, That's right. Uh, Doesn't take will, uh, no guff from nobody. Not a lot of not a lot of people in the dictionary. You know, not you a lot of people. <laughs> Thomas Jefferson. You know, like well, not technically. You know, not really what you would do there. It's not really a word. Not a word. Make sense. To look. Up. So that's it. Well, uh, it's nineteen ninety seven. <laughs> we are in the heyday of Seinfeld, and I'm watching this raw, and I'm thinking of Seinfeld. Because well, what, okay. what was Seinfeld known as? What was kind of the pitch, the elevator pitch so, of Seinfeld? Well, in fact, they went so meta that uh, they pitched a show called Jerry, I believe, to NBC at the time. I think it was Bob Balaban who was uh, the head of NBC or playing the head of NBC. Great choice. Uh, it was a show about nothing. A show about nothing. Well, I, I, you could almost say the same for this Raw. <laughs> or, 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 you know, I would even say more accurately, it's a show where nothing really happens. We're definitely they are suggested in... that, that things would happen. It's definitely, oh, there's going to be some con- some consequences and some things are going to take place. And then I found fewer things occurred than I expected things to occur. So The only consequences we had was truth or consequences when Dude Love showed up on the show. Right. Uh, the um, Yeah, I mean, this does take place in Albany, in, in the state of New York. I guess last week it was in New York City. Um, right. So that'd be uh, very Seinfeld appropriate. Uh, you get a feeling sometimes that they kind of, um, you know... Uh, 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 fire all cannons uh, on one episode, and then the week after, they're like, "Oh, how the how do we follow that?" Uh, uh, and they just they just don't. It has to be. <laughs> they just don't follow that exactly. So. How do how do we do it? We're not gonna we're not gonna bother. We're not gonna bother. Screw it. Uh, yeah. So yeah, th- this episode uh, definitely happens. Uh, it did happen on September 29th, Matt. Right? It was uh, live in person. They screwed Wrong. up. I it know was taped. that it was taped. And you could tell. Obviously, you you know that even just from watching the content that's there. Well, you know that from watching Raw the week before when they say they're going to be in Albany at the Pepsi whatever arena the <laughs> night after and Tuesday. So of I was course. like, it, I mean, there's uh, one all... obvious Tony Chimmel uh, ADR uh, announcement. Oh, okay, uh, you also point uh, that out. Quite obvious. To me. I... Yeah, I'll point it out to you. But, you can uh, tell it's, you can tell that it's taped because there's a long, long, long tape like section where they just show you footage of something, and you're like, oh, they wouldn't they wouldn't do this because the crowd the, the crowd in the arena would be so bored of this. Well, all, but in Halifax there was a lot of tape, I believe. I think it was the Halifax episode. There was a lot of like just like clips in a row, uh, and I've I've told this a million times, but I've been at TV tapings where you just like there's like segments where you're just like sitting there watching the 
tape, like watching the screen or what. And like, it's those moments you realize, oh, this show is not for me. I'm here. For, uh, I'm here for the. How, how am I supposed to say this? I'm here for the show, but not yeah. the way that that means. It means the show needs me to be a person in the stands, being like, yay. You know, uh, exercising my freedom of expression, Matthew, as all World Wrestling Federation fans do. Yes. Unlike the WCW fans who do not exercise their freedom of expression. They sit on their hands and do exactly what the wrestlers tell them to do in the ring. Yes. Yeah. Those, those poor, they, they're really, they need to be liberated from the iron fist of Eric Bischoff and Ted Turner. Free the I mean, South, I say. What do you think, Matt? Free the South. Well, uh, oh boy. Uh, no? Okay. No. It's again. a pushback. No. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. Folks, September 29th, 1987. Taped the Pepsi Arena in Albany, New York. I just want to point out, this is where Ric Flair won the 1992 Royal Rumble, and thus the World Championship. This was in Albany, okay. 1992 Rumble, very good Rumble. It's very good Rumble, but a test. It's got a great cast, it's got a great Bobby Heenan on commentary, and Ric That's right. uh, pretty much goes the distance. At the time this is coming out, we're going to be coming on, you know, we're about a month away from our Rumble season, and so I encourage you to listen, watch yeah. that. Uh, same building where Steve Austin would later do the beer truck bath. What do you say about that? The beer truck spray down? Yeah, beer bash. Well, not a beer, beer bash, bash, actually. He did that in Halifax. Um, the beer truck spray down, sure. Oh, yeah, and then the, well, the Zamboni, that, that was in on, Detroit. I have to say, beer truck spray down sounds like a, a, a Bruce Springsteen song. <laughs> <laughs> beer truck spray down. Sorry, that's just a that free, though. Sorry, what, like I don't like I, I I work in bars. I get keg deliveries all the time. Mm-hmm. I've yet to see. Maybe this was something that was only around in 1997. I yet to see a truck that just has beer in the truck. Like not not in kegs, <laughs> not in like flats of cans or, or bottles. It just yeah. like has a hose with beer attached. Same with the milk truck. Right. Actually, that would yeah. pop up and bite Steve in the ass uh, years later. Um, I've yet to see a milk truck like any, any truck with the hose attached. Even a fire truck has hoses, but they attach to a, a hydrant. They, they don't, right. They're not full of water, uh, to my knowledge. Yep. No, you know? absolutely. I'll choice. Also, last thing I will say about this building, this is also the same building where Edge cashed in the first ever Money in the Bank contract. Wow. Folks of so, Albany. I mean, they're having a great the, – the government of the state of New York is having a time. Yeah, for, for a, a city that I wouldn't say – I wouldn't think of as having that much – being that memorable – in a lot of ways, uh, it is impressive just how uh, how many things have happened there of consequence. It's more a trivia question, right? Like, what's this, the capital of New York? It's like, well, New York City. It's like, that. no. no. Albany. Albany, capital of uh, Washington, is not Seattle. It's Olympia. Olympia Tacoma. We're way off on that. Tallahassee is the other one. Okay, so uh, there's only 4,100 Tallahassee the capital of Florida? Sorry. It is, yes. Okay, cool. That's good. Good. I'm going to use that one, too. Thank you. 4,100 people in an arena that could fit 15,000. So, you know. Really? Really? Yeah, those are AEW numbers. hey So, um, it it looked like... (laughs) What are you talking about? The hard gamer side? It looked like the upper bowl... um, The upper bowl has annoying, like, lights on the rails. So, like, they couldn't... They they couldn't, like, just, like, curtain it all off. Right. So, it's just, like... I was kind of looking, like... Is there people up there? It doesn't look like there's anybody in the upper bowl. Maybe they would have lit it. So it's just like an empty upper bowl, but you see the lights on the um, on the railing. So it still like draws attention to itself in a, right. in a weird way. Uh, I have to look up if this building is still uh, standing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I thought it was. That's what is it called? The Pepsi Arena? Oh, Pepsi Arena. I'll be New York. A million yes, Pepsi Arenas. Uh, yeah, MVP MVP Arena. Oh, congratulations to Montel Fontavious Porter for acquiring an entire arena. 
Good for what him. A thing. What a thing. What, what a moment. <laughs> um, okay, so, uh, yeah, well, I just want to set the stage for the show. Please, what happened last it. week? Last week, Raw emanated from Madison Square Garden. It was a big night. Oh, that's where that was. Okay, I thought mm, I recognized You wouldn't have known, of course. No. Uh, Steve Austin hit Vince McMahon with Stone Cold Stunner, kicking off a long feud that would have huge consequences for the wrestling industry. Uh, also, Cactus Jack came out and beat Triple H in a big falls, big time falls count anywhere match. Yeah. And Bret Hart beat Goldust in the main event, but Bret got choke slammed along with Shawn Michaels as the show ended. Will question for you? Bret Hart uh, way prefers wrestling Gold Dust to Goldberg. Go ahead. <laughs> Think about Dustin Bill, Goldust. Is. Bill, yeah, 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 yeah. Bill Goldust. <laughs> Bill Gold. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Uh, Bill Goldust. Dust Goldust. There's a lot of makeup companies that build gold dust. <laughs> we do it all the time. Will, is there a wrestling feud that had more lasting consequence than Vince versus Austin? And is it just the NWO storyline? Like, I'm saying feud, but I guess I mean storyline. I mean, what? but what was the NWO storyline, you know? These guys are coming to they take invaded. over. They invaded. They invaded. Yeah, I guess. Damn, they invaded as hell. <laughs> I invaded as hell. Well, I mean, this, I mean, I would say this would probably be the most important one ever because it's the one that turned the tide from people tuning into that NWO storyline. Now, you yeah. can say at, at, at both, both things can be true that WCW may have dropped the ball while WWF picked it up. Um, you know, right. it just, it, but, but this was a big, uh, this was a big, moment huge storyline and uh i mean it's interesting to see even the genesis of of vince going from and i'm not talking about um you know land he's experiencing a land of confusion he's at the announce table and then he comes into the ring i mean he doesn't know which end is up right he's like right. almost two different people um he's got to put on a bit more of um uh you know uh, um a, a puffed out persona against Steve Austin. Now he's not quite the uh, arm flailing uh, Mr. McMahon no, character. Yeah, not quite there see, yet. No. You get like Vince at the commentary table doesn't get like angry unless he's telling King to stop making comments about Brian Pillman and, and Marlena. Mm. But he doesn't really get angry very much unless like he's fighting with Bret Hart or fighting with Steve Austin or something like that. So we're getting to see like the um, the edgier side of, of Vince in, in that he is showing that he has teeth and, and can bite. I think he does a good job of being like, yeah, yeah, being like, this is a guy currently who's just an angry person who could who could be angry if you push him, he'll get very frustrated with you, and they're kind of like pu pushing him toward the edge, edge, which I think is something, and then they tip him over, and then he just turns into uh, wrestling greatest heel. Tip, tip him over and pour him out. Well, everyone's suggestion was like, Vince, you're 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 a jerk in real life, like you are, so just be that on TV. He's like, well, I, I certainly can't do that. Uh, yeah. We, we, we want you to embrace an aspect of your character, and we don't want you to just talk about people's physiques, which is the other part of your character that you're most passionate about. It's talking about men's bodies. Well, and accurately uh, calling every single maneuver as a what a maneuver. In fairness to him, he does not really do that anymore. He, that, that, that's a holdover from a different well, be, time. Because he has JR there calling moves. So yes. the, I think the what a maneuvers was like more in the mid-90s when he was just him and King or you know him and whoever on commentary. That's where yeah, you the, get the water maneuvers. The water maneuvers, of course, is uh, you know a, a great band from the '90s who's still touring now, doing the ska act, the water maneuvers. Oh yeah, big ska revival for sure. I can see that happening. Will, do we have a bonus match to talk about after the show? We do. Uh, and th and folks, if you thought we were leaving upstate New York, you needn't worry. We are staying there. <laughs> That's right. And what and what great commentary we have for that match as well. Just some stellar <laughs> stuff want, there. I want to talk about the commentary. Uh, we're going to talk about it. Uh, well, let's talk about the good folks in upstate New York saw before this show. 
and now the next show in Utica. Um, in the dark match, Brockus defeated Rockabilly. Brockus got out there. Brockabilly. Brock, no? Brockabilly. Well, that's what they got. That's it. At the end, uh, Rockabilly was like, you know what? I, I, I feel like I messed up. Is that his and first dark match, or has he had several? It might be his first. I could go back on it. That's as far as I remember. It's his first. I mean, I watch every episode, but you're the guy who watches every uh, dark and shotgun match. Well, I actually, do not no. watch every dark match because because by definition, it's so. a dark match. Yes, I understand. I, exactly. They are it's, it's, unfortunately certainly dark. Is a dark match. Certainly is a very dark match. Uh, it's a very dark uh, match. Mark Marrow defeated Salvatore Sincere. It was Mark Marrow's first. Uh, he just started wrestling again after being injured for seven months, and I would say that's the first time we've had him on a TV taping since uh yeah i think it was february or something like that at that point so did he hit the wild thing uh again dark match will i couldn't couldn't tell you Uh? the the reports from dark matches in 1997 are not great come on people of utica but your government people are supposed to be organized. Albany will, not Utica. Utica is the other show. You're That's thinking right. of the Superstars taping. And then on Shotgun Saturday night, Brian Christopher and Jerry Lawler beat the team of Flash Funk and Scott Taylor when Christopher hit a top rope leg drop. I really could not watch any more of that match. It was fine. It was good. I didn't watch any of that. Uh, Rocky Maivia beat Chains after D'Lo came off the top with a kind of double axe handle splash thing. And then you rolled Rocky onto Chains. One of those things where I'm like, I guess it was a double, handle, uh, double axe handle smash. And you're kind of like, well, obviously he was supposed to be like probably his frog splash, but he wasn't thinking far enough. So then turns in anything at all. All right. Well, so, God bless him. Yeah. yeah, that's it. He tried. Uh, the Legion of Doom beat Burnt Centeno and Nick Barbary in seconds uh, with Doom's data device. Just a couple of jobbers, yeah. and they lasted just, yeah. Sure. Not, not at all. Not at all long. Um, Thrasher beat Henry Godwin after kind of sneaky sunset flip out of the corner. I mean, when we're doing solo matches for the Headbangers and, and the Godwins, I mean, I think that already we have strayed far from God's eyes. True enough, right? Yeah, that's I cannot 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 abide such information. Yeah, Will is discovering that uh, with the new update. If you Sorry, give a thumb up, <laughs> this is I just haven't recently on. on I'm just like, I've did done I do that? Podcast. <laughs> if you give a thumbs up, your Mac will in fact do on any app up. the thumbs up thing. That's right, Will. I think two does fireworks. Will this is great podcasting? Well, there you go. All right, I, this is going to be more appropriate when Steve Austin comes out, but. <laughs> No, Will's, sorry. Flipping the, Will's flipping me the bird and hoping that no, uh, some I've, glass would shatter behind us. I was hoping, I was hoping it, would, it, would, um, it would put a little pixelation on there, but I guess not. That would be ideal. That would be ideal for sure. Uh, uh, Brian Pillman beat the Patriot when Goldust ran down and attacked Pillman ahead of their match of Bad Blood. Of course, that match does not happen. It's Brian Pillman's, um, oh, this is actually man. Brian Pillman's last televised appearance on WWF programming prior to his death, which would be yeah, I was afraid declared hours after this aired. When he was found dead in the afternoon before bad blood, so this is Saturday night. He dies. They discover his body. I think uh, early sa- sa- Sunday afternoon, uh, oh, and we'll man. talk about that probably a little bit more next week, as required. If you know as much as is required, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, uh, it's not. It's it's not great. Uh, it's bad. very bad, in fact. Um, yeah. But yeah, I don't. They, yeah, anyway, they they went they went to go find him. He was very he was in Minnesota, so he didn't even make the drive because he was still in his hotel room. And so they only found out later, like, well, he's not here. Where? Why isn't he here? Like, what's going on here? So. Oh man. Anyway, Brian Pillman. It's a sad thing. It's in the background, and also like they keep talking about things that are going to happen with this feud, and it just doesn't happen because he dies. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. There it is. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk about Raw is War for September 29th, nineteen eighty seven, and maybe it won't be a bummer. We'll see what goes. Different kind of bummer. We begin with a video about Steve Austin narrated by young Michael Cole. And he oh. says, oh, Steve Austin. Like you said earlier, Will, he's a real, he's a real rattlesnake. By definition, uh, is a rattle, is, 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 Stone Cold Steve Austin is, by definition, a rattlesnake. Is the first line of this television show. In the sense that he is uh, a lizard. 
he is <laughs> he's cold-blooded he's on the stomach. On his, yeah yeah uh, <laughs> uh austin is stuttered jay <laughs> he's, he's an asp well asp is uh, he he's stunnered jr commissioner slaughter jerry lawler and last week he stunned vince mcmahon mm. uh jerry lawler and Vin- La- jerry La- jerry lawler Yes, Jim yep. Ross and Jerry Lawler. Sorry, I, I saw J.R. Lawler, and I said Jerry Lawler, and it felt wrong, but it was actually right. Lawler Jr., um, Brian Christopher. Yeah, they, they, they presumed he would be fired last week. Um, so tonight, Austin faces Vince McMahon to hear if he is toast or not. Ooh. And, Will, we see the entrance video, uh, sorry, the intro video for the show, and which would almost certainly have to be edited if Steve Austin was fired because he's the guy walking into the burning warehouse. <laughs> Yeah, he uh, he is. And and thankfully, Ahmed Johnson does appear on this program. So he justifies his, you know, continued uh, uh, presence in that opening video. Right. Exactly. So I don't know. Maybe they would just blur him out like he was a middle finger or something. <laughs> they reshoot it with like uh, Max Mini. They have Max Mini walking in there. <laughs> well, that's good. Yeah. You, I mean, you could. OK, I'm going to refrain from any jokes at all. Oh, uh, wow. So py- pyro explodes and we are taped in Albany. Oh, taped. Oh, okay. Taped. Yeah, that's right. Vince is in the ring, and he brings out Shawn Michaels, Michaels with Triple H, China, and Rick Rude in tow. Oh. And Triple H, Triple H and China are so in with Shawn, they flex over him when he does his little pose in the ring. Yeah, that's really cool. So that's how uh, that's how involved they are in the proceedings. They have a pose um, that they worked on. So I was, I mean, my initial reaction to this was confusion because I'm like, you know, I watched this video package, and I'm like, okay, so Steve Austin, going concern, the main thing we're concerned about here. And then they don't bring him out first. And I was like, okay, so why are we not worried about him? And we find out later that he is um, He's pulling an edge. He's, He's pulling an edge, yet. exactly. He's, I don't know, apparently spending too long at the IHOP or the Waffle House. And uh, he is you know, far from around, being around at the time. Of, He's getting his goatee yeah. uh, touched up by his barber. That's right. I want to get a fade. What? Yeah. Want you to fade my goatee? Um, yes. Vince asks Rick Rude, who's the benefactor of his services. And Triple H. Why, and why do we Michaels, keep asking this question? I don't. It's, it's it's it is funny how they're just like they don't want to commit to Rick Rude just being in this in this storyline. Like, you're I guess, you're, you're all a group together. You're all a faction. Yeah, there you go. Congratulations. Like, what's with this? Like, is Brian Christopher Jerry Lawler's kid? Yes, and we wouldn't care. Like, why are we like teasing this? <laughs> Honestly, you know. And it's like, oh, who is the bet? Like, obviously them. Like, Rick Rude helped them win the title at uh, one i don't like what are we doing here you know i love yes yes and it doesn't matter <laughs> yes and it doesn't matter is yeah. the answer is the answer to that uh yeah Shawn michaels and triple h are doing these bunny ears over vince's head and they mug for the camera and they are just deeply annoying the whole time <laughs> yeah. yes oh my gosh um uh, rick Rude suggests that vince might want his services because you know vince is struggling with steve austin right now it's true Vince asked Sean about Hell in a Cell and how Sean will escape it. And I was like, well, he's not supposed to escape it. So that's not, you know. <laughs> it's exactly the point of not the match. Yeah, what are you doing? Don't say that. That's just, that's just wrong. Uh, and uh, Sean says, you know, hey, we, we we beat up Taker last week on Raw. I feel good about it. You know, that's good. And Sean throws it to Triple H, who gives Vince grief for high wrestlers from other companies instead of appreciating him. I don't know exactly which ones he's talking about. I guess Steve Austin two years ago or what? what do you well, the phrasing he uses is also super edgy as well, where he's just oh, like, yeah. oh, I bet I can say these words on TV now. And it's like, ooh, what attitude. It is really remarkable that I have any goodwill at all for uh, Triple H <laughs> ever after watching some of these things that he does. I'm just like, man, 
I hate watching this guy on TV. Well, uh, and he does it in like his Hunter Hearst Helmsley voice. He's yet to find his, you know, his, his grittier the game voice. So he's like, Vince, you call everybody. Do, do, do. And he's yet to get like to kind of, you know, get down in his guts. Uh, but yeah, the, Triple H and Sean, very annoying here. They do a lot of stuff. I believe in this segment, they do a, a, a spot that will be in the DX uh, video. 100 uh, yes that uh strobes uh during their entrance uh in the next couple of years yes i think you are exactly right about that uh jr says that interviewing this proto dx group is like interviewing a ninth grade gym class which is bang on <laughs> it's actually almost never is <laughs> like a tactical strike from the commentary beautifully beautifully done uh triple h talks about how much he enjoyed beating down the undertaker and commissioner slaughter wanders down to the ring and he says triple h is gonna go one-on-one with the undertaker playa as the as he does he pulled a teddy long <laughs> He goes and Teddy, full, full Teddy Long. Little itty bitty Teddy Long was probably yep. 45 years old, was watching this. Uh, and he's probably, was he with WCW at the time? Maybe not, actually. Probably, almost, he if he wasn't, he was going there quite soon. Yeah, he, yeah it would be Teddy Long, um, you know, very much. He was much. there in the, like, the early 90s as well, right? Yes, like, he managed to do him, and he was also a referee. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Doom, great, good, good tag team. Well, I'm always going to appreciate Doom. I think Teddy would actually soon arrive in the WWF as a referee because I remember him being mm-hmm. a ref because I remember how he counted in his very Teddy Long way. Um, and yes, uh, Triple H is going to go one on one with the Undertaker player, and uh, and like a good heel, he reacts exactly the way you want a good heel. They to react actually to do team react team. well to this, and they react like jerks later on. But they also, as they're talking to Slaughter, yes, they do the thing again where they're fading that. Uh, He's uh, uh, spitting so much when he talks, he's hitting them in the face, and Sean holds up the European belt to guard his face from the onslaught of slaughter yes. spit. And it's so, it's so, it's so funny. It's so funny, you guys. I was laughing. Well, at least look, at least they're supposed to be heels. We're supposed to hate them, right? We're su- we're supposed to hate them. This does make me want to see what is happening. Undertaker on, kicked on their Nitro. kicked their bums, right? Well, I, want to, I want to watch Nitro instead, though. That's what they want me to do. No, no, no it's fine. Uh, and, and that urge to watch Nitro the, quickly evaporates as I hear a familiar guitar screech, and here comes the WWF champion, Bret Hart, and the Hart Foundation. Owen, Bulldog, and Anvil, uh, I suppose. Uh, once again, Brian Pillman has been, I don't know, uh, rejected by them for being a creep or something like that. I don't know, I don't know why he has been disappeared from that storyline, but he's gone. Yeah, never uh, brought up. Uh, but yeah. the, the foundation looks good here, man. It's all four of them. Owen yeah. with the Canadian flag, Hell Davey yeah. with the uh, Union Jack. It looks right. It looks fantastic. Uh, Brett says Sean's going to worry about them, not Taker, because Sean has committed crimes against them. Mm-hmm. So I got a phone call here. And oh, is it Bret Hart? There we go. It is. It is. Are you doing uh, the podcast? <laughs> when are you going to have me on as a guest? I'm like, ah, you know, Brett, we're coming to the edge. I love the idea that I, Bret Hart wants to be on the podcast, and I would be reluctant to have him on. Have you seen Bret Hart's uh, Amazon ad that he's done? I have, and I shared it with a friend, and I loved it. And I actually also, I got to say, I found Lily Singh kind of funny in it, too. Good for Lily Brett, Singh. Brett, Brett was funny. Uh, like, in Canada, I want to specify this. In Canada, there's a, a promotion where if you, you know, do something with a certain – uh, Amazon no, thing. No. It's not a very effective you, ad. We have no idea what it is. Bret Hart will will bring Bret Hart will bring you your package, uh, which is like I, first off, I just want I really pray that somebody who knows and appreciates him will be the person to receive that, um, because I will be concerned otherwise. But I mean, just like I, I <laughs> that's also one of those things where I would be like so concerned about uh, what to do. I will also say this is the time where I'm going to point out. Um, that on a recent episode of Monday Night Raw, it was the Halloween episode, and um, uh, Chelsea Green 
was Bret Hart as a little bit of a Halloween cosplay. And I joked with a friend about how uh, FTR showed up to Macaroni's house with a bottle of wine, being like, "Hey, hey, what's going on with you guys? You know, hey, you guys were experimenting <laughs> with things. You're <laughs> oh, bringing no. extra." Gentlemen into the you know. his house. Yeah. Uh, I think Piper is married as well. I've got to find out who Piper Niven is married, or at least engaged. Uh, oh, yeah, Piper's uh, Jim Neidhart looked fantastic. Um, oh, amazing! Yeah, no, of course that's it was great. something I can't underappreciate. Can't, can't well, appreciate here's the enough. thing. Here's the thing about Brett bringing you um, your Amazon delivery. If it's a small package, he wins because he can't get out. Of <laughs> hey, you Brett, know? can you roll me up? You know, no, that's not fair. I don't want to. Be, I don't want to do anything. I just want. I just want to be like, do the. I, I would Look, just go full Wayne's World and do. We're not worthy. I don't think I'd have any a, other recourse. It's a stupid ad, but honestly, I'm happy to see Brett doing anything. And like, Brett, yeah, if you're doing you doing good. Then I give you. I always enjoy when it's like one of these. You know, here it is. Here, here's this guy, and it's like, oh, he can't get it right because he's such a you know he's he's such a Meathead wrestler. wrestler. Guy. He's like, yeah, ah, he's such a man. Anyway, he's yes, such a man. Shawn Michaels has committed crimes against the Hart Foundation, yeah. and they have to be worried about that. Triple H and Shawn Michaels look back and forth at each other. Faint, uh, yeah, uh, feigning fear, and, and, yes. and you've seen this clip before of them yes. looking back and forth. It's very goofy. Yeah, it's definitely one of those things where you snap your finger. It, it's, you, you do the Leonardo DiCaprio image, of course, the snapping your fingers and pointing the TV. Yeah. No, Will, you're doing the cool thing. Well, I, you almost make it look cool, but it's, Wait, it's from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. No, he's I like, know. Oh, he's watching. He's not looking yeah. cool. He's like, oh. I got to try the... Uh... No, I tried, no, the, I, I tried the the uh, uh, Django one. Yeah, oh right. man, Unchained. Um, Leonardo yeah, DiCaprio, see, fantastic see. actor, just memed uh, like crazy now. Good friend. It's true. Um, yes, I want to see Degeneration X get smashed with chairs. You want to see him get get their I, their bums beaten? Absolutely. I want to see some some rear ends kicked. Yeah. And uh, you know, and tonight I'll have the ch- I'll have the chance against the Undertaker. That's what's happening here. Yeah. Uh, Steve Austin is not here in the building yet. We have a camera in the back. We just locked on the door. He's going to come in. Presuming, you know, Steve Austin, of course, uh, known for rule follower, so he has to come in one door. Well, he's got to come in the, the, the staff entrance. He's not going to come in through the gates. That, that's entrance. where the, 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 the riffraff entered. He'd have to have a ticket. He's got to enter, enter, uh, enter the staff uh, entrance. And this is like, yeah, like a secu- it's almost like security camera angle. It's just like a really high angle. Yes. Uh, and it's just a bunch of just roadies just farting around. Yes, absolutely. Um, very. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we'll, we'll we'll come back to it there. Um, the Survivor Series Super Supper Sweepstakes is hard to say. There's a whole stupid ad about it. Whoa! You said it though. Wow. I know. That's good. It's, impo- it's impossible. What I just did was impossible, and I recognize that as true. <laughs> I know it's, it's not, impossible. Not that hard. <laughs> yes, it's, it's very stupid. Um, we see clips and pictures from one night only where Shawn Michaels, the British Bulldog, wrestled, and where the British Bulldog lost his European title. How many times do we need to see this? I understand. American fans well, because have seen it didn't air on pay per view in the in the, the U.S. I know. I, we see it so on. I guess that's why. And we, uh, we also see the post match talking. We see like like an extended thing of Sean doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like all right, sure. Get some mega mega heat. And so we have to. That's to roll into our first match of the night: British Bulldog versus Vader. So this match is like twenty minutes into the show. I will say yes. Twenty yes, minutes. Um, I'm sorry, of like pure uh, TV time into the show. Right, not even not even factoring in commercials and everything. Commercials like and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, th- there is a moment where they do talk to the uh, commentary table, and there's somebody with a sign, uh, like a, a eight eight and a half by eleven piece of paper that says "Toupee," and it points to Vince's head. Oh, okay. the rumors started early. The rumor, um, no, all- don't you remember months ago uh, they were pitching products, and Vince pitched oh, yes, uh, Toupee hair. with the built-in headset. 
I think King was saying he's been wearing a toupee since like 93. Like ever since King got there, it's like, yeah, toupees on too tight, McMahon. It's all a joke. Uh, I mean, why not? Well, I saw a sign in the crowd as well. The sign I saw wrote, read, Fart Foundation. <laughs> that popped me legitimately, and I'm not, I'm not ashamed to admit it. <laughs> These two competitors stuff. are facing each other in a tag team flag match at the pay-per-view. I also have to say British Bulldog versus Vader, a match you could have seen in World Championship Wrestling just a couple years ago. Is that them walking down the beach, Vader and uh, Sid against? If I'm, not mistaken, <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, I believe it's Sting, Colonel Tom is it Sting, Parker. Is it Sting and Bulldog or the other the other side? I believe of that? it's Sting and Bulldog. Yeah, I gotta watch that clip again. It's so yeah. dumb. Yeah, amazing. Um, <sighs> yes, uh, Vince compares Bulldog to the Bear from 1997's The Edge, starring Anthony Hopkins and Alec Baldwin, which I've never seen, but I'm intrigued by now. Well, it's written by Mammoth. He compares Vader to the it's the Kodiak. Yeah, it is a mammoth. I believe you wrote it on a dare. That's like, but you can't write a story about two guys and a bear. It's like, it's actually a great platform. I could what kind of, write what that. Kind of, that's the dumbest you ever heard. It's like, that sounds amazing. That's why, like, and the first thing I hear about the pitch is that I want to see it. Like, duh. <laughs> okay. It's like, but you can't uh, get Anthony bears. Hopkins and uh, Alec Baldwin in there. I'm so. writing a horror movie about uh, yeah. Jaws. A bear. It's, it's Jaws, <laughs> but it's a bear in the woods. And he's on cocaine. And he's like, well, I was thinking maybe heroin, but I think it's a bit harder for the bear to strap up his arm. I guess he just straps his arm, gets a syringe in there. It's like, ah, look, look, it's a big scary bear. It's just, oh, never mind. I can't. He's strung out. Oh, no, no, oh, yeah, exactly. The scariest part of him, he's going to start asking you if you could borrow some money. No. No, no. It's always, it's always discouraging. Uh, as Vader smashes Bulldog's abdomen in the corner, Lawler says if Vader gets any bigger, he'll have to wear license plates. I Good like line. That line. It works for Good me. Good line. Vader comes off the top of Bulldog, flips and slams him, and he sends uh, he sends him outside where he lifts Vader in a suplex and drops him gut first on the barricade. And it's pretty wild to see someone do that to Vader. Just pick him up in a suplex like it ain't no thing. Yeah, and the commentators sell it very appropriately. Absolutely. Uh, Bulldog hits a back suplex for two. I just love seeing Bulldog doing his feats of strength. Uh, we come back after commercial break and see Vader has dropped Bulldog on the barricade outside, repaying him for the same spot, and he gets a running splash in the ring for two. Vader does. Vader gets a Vader bomb on Bulldog, but here comes Owen at warp speed to smack Vader, break the pinfall drawing of the obvious disqualification. So I don't know if if Owen put on the juice or something as he got close to the ring, but he really flew in there by the end of it. You hit boost. That's all you had to do. That's it. Keep track of these DQs, folks. We're at one, one so yes. far. One, no. one of one here. One, for one. One, ha, 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 ha. The rest of the Heart Foundation arrive in the ring and beat down Vader, and they work together to get Vader wrapped up in the ring post so Brett could do his ring post figure four, because Brett is part of that. <laughs> I love how dangerous they make this thing. Like, it's, like, really, like, the ultimate, uh, like, maneuver to do to someone if you really want to, you know, uh, mess them up. I loved it. I was also looking, and I was kind of like, oh, yeah, has anyone, like, has this ever happened? Is there a video game where you can do this? And, oh, uh, there should be. There I'll is. In the, in AW the, in Fight the, Forever? In the no, no, the WWE games, you can do. There's like these uh, these spots you can do with the ring post, Ooh. and uh, it's yeah, it's an option. You can do. There's all sorts of things you can do. You can like throw them into the corner and everything like that. It's good. Can you do the F five them knee first into the ring post? I think if you can't, there's a there's a variant which is like essentially just like a fireman's carry into it. Mm, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Which I'm. Eh, it still works. Uh, so yes, uh, the the Patriot runs down. Because he's, he's partnering with Vader because they're best friends for reasons that aren't all entirely clear, besides uh, circumstance bringing them together, which is Please. in a way romantic. So, you know, it's kind of like, I know. <laughs> uh, I Patriot breaks sweet. things up and he saves Vader, but he quickly gets overwhelmed and he gets on the receiving end of a ring, ring post figure four. I can't help but be the Patriot in kayfabe in that moment and be like, oh, I've really got myself in a pickle right now. Just like, <laughs> he's, he's like, like 20 seconds before he's running down being the hero and he's like, oh, dang, they got my knee pretty good. 
He's an idiot. Like running in by himself to a four person beat. Like, what did he expect? And then the, expect, the Hart truly. Foundation. Yeah, I, I love it too that Brett's just like, okay, well, I'm going to take you, Kitty Corner Vader, and put you in the exact same move. Sorry, pal. Seems Your pretty, pretty easy. Seems pretty obvious what you would do. <laughs> yeah. Why wouldn't you? Both Vader and Patriot are laid down in the laid out in the ring, and the Hart Foundation drape Canadian flags on both of their prone bodies. And <laughs> man. Awesome. I, I think the Patriot might be on the receiving end of the most, like... <laughs> the biggest like, burial of all time? Absolutely. Just looking <laughs> yeah. totally weak sauce at every turn. Truly He's, tragic. He looks very unintelligent and ineffective. He, he just looks like an idiot. I don't know how much longer he lasts in the WWF. Uh, I, I guess mean, we'll find out. I think you kind of know it's not exactly <laughs> that long. Well, I do. yes, I do know it's not exactly that long. I mean, will he show up in the 1998 Royal Rumble? They need 30 guys. Last year, they had to use all the uh, AAA uh, fellas. That's right. And so now, yeah, instead of AAA guys, they're just kind of like, who are guys we want to get rid of but can't yet? <laughs> we'll if you get thrown out of the top rope, you might as well get your bag and go home because you're fired. Yeah. I would, so I wonder if they don't do that more often, just be kind of like, and one of the guys for this show will be released after the show, and we're not kidding. <laughs> we don't want to be heartless about it, but it is happening. The you're fired Royal Rumble? That's right. Every I'll, If you want to really clear out the roster for guys, like, oh, man. It's the Monday after – it's two Mondays after WrestleMania. <laughs> like, all right, we got 40 people in this battle royal. Last one standing gets a job. That's it. Um, or gets their the, job back. Ooh, yeah. They'd have the oh, – They did, be, they did during COVID, idea. remember? They did with uh, – what's his name? Uh, the, the, Maverick. The little Drake guy. Maverick, yeah. Yeah, and now, now he's backstage. He's fine. We're laying on his feet. He's fine, yeah. It just, he just happened to do like a heartfelt plea that ended up working out for him. I thought about him the other week, which is why I'm top. I don't know why I, what, what prompted me to think of him, but I just I, I thought of him and felt for him. He did have a very funny 24 7 title storyline with R Truth. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. Yeah, it's always, always left, right? It's there, I would say. Um, we get an ad for the one night only home video release. I don't know if you oh, were aware, yeah. but uh, Shawn Michaels beat British Bulldog for the European title there. So, on the, yeah, I know, watch this video where you know exactly what's going to happen. But how did it happen? We told you some of that as well. We said British Bulldog slipped off the thing and hurt his right knee, but yeah. you, you're still going to want to see it. You but definitely don't want to. did it happen? You definitely don't want to just watch like the first and like last three matches and then nothing else uh, in that show. Um, the uh, 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 the the screen for like, you know, order now from, you know, wherever, Illinois. So the tape yeah. is two hours. It's not. It's three. It, well, the show was three hours. I bet the tape was probably uh, cut Oh, down. do you think they cut? Oh, mercifully so, then, if that's the case. They cut out uh, the shaft. I think they probably right? cut it out. For the wheat? Which one do you want? You want the wheat, right? Not the shaft? Uh, you want the wheat, not the shaft. Absolutely. Well, mm. uh, am I crazy, or does the announcer say the WWF wrestlers kick some bum? He does say that. In jolly kick old some, England. What a choice. Kick, kick some, some bum. bum. Yeah. Uh, I think I'm I think they're saying it like... Bum. Yeah, it would be funny if they say kick some bottom, actually. Bottom, yes. Yeah, I, I wonder if they were, were figuring out what's what's more Englishly. Did you know that the ring announcer for that show, Carson Schaefer, yes. is the longest employed uh, announcer in the history of the company? He did it for 32 years. He just got released in 2018. Wow. But he did it in English and in German. Well, I knew, I'm pretty sure I knew the German thing, because I'm pretty sure in German shows he would, like, show up. Or, like, yeah. I, just, I, I remember him being, uh, like, not, like, around to an yeah, extent. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, anyway, yeah. good for him. Carson Schaefer, good for him. Yeah. I mean, his name does not sound particularly English, especially when you know that there's a possibility he might be German. So it sticks out to me there. Yeah. Uh, Farouk in a match with the Nation of Domination on, by his side, going up against Ahmed Johnson with the Legion of Doom and Ken Shermock in the Intercontinental, t- Intercontinental Title Tournament. I guess it's a semifinal. Is that right? 
I mean, this is a match you definitely want to win. Okay, it's the Intercontinental Title Tournament, high yes. stakes. Okay, Farouk almost got eliminated, but unfortunately Shamrock got hurt, so he's facing the next most accident-prone guy in the company, Ahmed Johnson, who cut his hand on the announce table with a nail sticking out. Like I, it's hard. They to really show it like that. how that's impossible that it even happened. But it is possible because it did happen. But it's like, this guy is so accident-prone, there's like accidents that don't even exist happening to him. It's crazy this guy is such bad luck. He did troop it out, though. I really feel bad for Ahmed Johnson, man. On last week's show, I was like, this guy needs a different job, and he needs to like, hire someone to mow the lawn. Like, we need to get him away from any sort of source of <laughs> This guy injury. needs to do like some, some quiet paperwork uh, in an office or something. Absolutely. He just needs something that's just not like athletic, unfortunately. I mean, yeah, he's, we, he's we, we need good, to get out of there. It's not going to work for him. Help the guy out. Please, please. I beg you for his his life. Um, we pro yeah, What a fun please. fresh matchup this is, by the way. Just, I love the idea of, for the first time ever, Farouk, Ahmed Johnson. You've never seen it before. Well, Ahmed's in the nation for like two weeks, and then they just kick him out for no reason. So now he's just back to being just the same guy he was before. It's great. It's like, why did you bring him in? He's like, we had our reasons. So why'd you kick him out? We, we all we same a, again. <laughs> other reasons. reasons, but opposite. Not necessarily opposite of the other reasons, but like re- similar to that. Yeah, not similar, but we had everything. Well, what what got, what gets into Ahmed Johnson this match, man? What am, how do I understand this? Because Ahmed Johnson does what I would argue is like I don't know, like a freak out kind of heel spot. Again, it's the it's a tournament match, okay? And he yeah. should have reason to want to reclaim his intercontinental title. He For had sure. it. Uh, yep. you you want it back? He lost it to Owen. Is that right? Um, I I earlier I, this year, I think. Right? I think that oh gosh, that's. Who did I lose the title to? I can't remember now. I, I was I was pretty sure it was Owen. Um, no, Owen but, lost it. Owen, Owen won it off of Rock. Oh yeah, Rock had it. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah. Triple H had it. Rock it off of Triple H. Anyway, I Triple H, Yeah, I think maybe Triple maybe H Triple H beat it, beat it off of uh, of Ahmed. Sure, we'll go with that. Uh. Check the archive, folks. We cover it. Um, That's true. It's in there. Uh, but, uh, yes, you would want to win this match. It's a tournament match, so you want to beat these guys up. Ahmed Johnson, we didn't mention, comes out with LOD and Ken Shamrock. So the, yes. odd, the odds are even. Because yes, uh, Farouk has uh, D'Lo and Kama and Rock with him. Okay, so the odds are even. So there's no, like, you know, he's going to uh, uh, get overrun on the outside or something. He's not Bulldog fighting four people by himself out there with no help from the Heart Foundation for some reason. I digress. Right. <laughs> um, like Brett's sister, Brett, no, and sister is literally out there. And then it's like, Oh, I'm tired from my match. Um, but whatever. Yes. You'd want to win this match. And Ahmed, yes. Does he, a heel freak out for, uh, for uh, no reason. Really? He's just yeah, mad, he but just... like no reason. Like his hand is hurt. By the way, Farouk attacks yes. the hand after the commentators say that he can't feel 40% of it. He's like, he's lost feeling in two of the fingers. So I'm like, well, would the attack, would the attack hurt that much? I guess it would, but you know what I mean? It's like, you can't feel anything. It hurts emotionally. That's for sure. It's like, why would you do that? It's going to take longer to heal. Yeah. It was like, well, you know, sometimes you do things that are, you know, a bit irrational because that's how you feel. Yeah. He gets outside. Fruk is by the chair stairs. He takes the top stairs off. He smacks Fruk's arm with him a couple times. Commentators freak out. Ahmed tosses the referee aside. The bell rings. Of course, at this point, I have to point out, I don't know whose authority the bell is ringing. The referee's been tossed aside. And I don't you know, I don't appreciate the, uh, the, the the timekeeper going to business for himself and just being like, well, I think the match is disqualification. Because the announces, match is announced as disqualification. And I'm like, by who? The Mark referee Eaton got knocked gets, out? That's why Mark Eaton gets fired years later. Yes, absolutely. Fire yeah. him. What are we doing? We can't. You, referees need to do things. And you can't, like, I know it's like, well, obviously the referee meant to do this. Well, okay. No, I'm not going to put up with that. 
not fine with that. Um, so yes, the, uh, two squads of wrestlers fight in the ring with the Nature Domination hightailing it out of there, and Farouk advances to face Owen Hart for the Intercontinental Title and Bad Blood on Sunday. So that's what we get for that. Yeah, and again, Ahmed just pissed away his opportunity for no reason. That's it. Folks, second DQ of the night. Two for two for DQs tonight. Yeah, a slightly different DQ where a ref, uh, where a wrestler attacks a ref and not an interference. But keep an eye on those interferences. Right, it is different, that's for sure. Keep a close eye. You'll see. If you look closely... <laughs> if you look closely, they interfered. That's right. Uh, so next up, we get a video package for the Shawn Michaels Undertaker Hell in a Cell match on Sunday. We It's scored with some chanty kind of music. <laughs> kind of thing. And the package begins with a voice saying, A cage no one can enter. And I certainly hope they can enter it. <laughs> Good luck getting in starting the match. The match we're, won't start until you get inside. We're protecting the ring from you. <laughs> okay. okay, great. Yeah. yeah what, am I doing? what am I supposed to do with that information? What do you do? What? This stuff is expensive. Well, then we get this. We get the insane laser tag ad with Sable and Classy Freddy Blassie being in a, a disembodied head, kind of floating what, above what, them. What was your response to this last week, Matt? What did you, What did you think? Uh, I was like, how do I use words to paint the picture of this insane piece of information? It's the, the 90s thing ever. Yes. She's in like a dark warehouse with like kind of moody lighting in the background and lots of steam. And she's wearing her latex and sunglasses. And yes. she's got the dinkiest little stupid. Th- there was a thing in the 90s where, okay, so there's laser tag, right? You go to the yep. place, you put on the vest and you get the gun. And it's like heavy duty stuff, right? You rent this stuff. and You're like, oh, cool. And then someone's like, oh, you can do that at home in your house where you have like a hall and two rooms. <laughs> you yeah. would just like go around a corner. It's like, and it probably didn't work that well. Like there was like laser tag things you could buy. Like you just have a vest with like a little target on it. I'm sure it sucked. Yeah. This I'm is sure. th- this looked like it sucks. It's a stupid little dinky gun. And Fred Blassie, um, they, they liquored him up enough to put an eye patch on him and, yeah, say some stupid stuff to Sable where she fought Howard Finkel. As soon as Fred Blassie says, you have to fight two people this week, I was like, it's going to be the headbangers. <laughs> You're like, these, these idiots are always down for it. These idiots are down for it, for real. So, so okay, if you if we have these laser tag guns, you're just shooting the gun at the guns? You're shooting the gun at the guns, yeah. You're trying to shoot okay. the gun. I don't know. Yeah, you're sure trying to shoot the right, gun. There's no other way to do it. Yeah, it's very stupid. Laser, laser Tag Battle Zone by Do- Evil Dr. Madman's Laser Tag Battle Zone starring Sable. Starring Sable. Love it. There we go. Um, they both lose to her because she's uh, better. Well, no, they zap each other and then they start fighting because they're they, stupid. They do. don't, you, don't you get it? They're dumb. Well, which is funny because they're tag team champions and they do not fight each other in matches at all. That is not their character. Can I point that out? That's actually an important thing because we have wrestlers all the time, tag teams that don't get, get along and don't like each other. We don't have one that, that we rarely do have a tag team come in and built into their characters is either an animosity or a stupidity that you can't get around. You're just like, well, these guys these guys are going to come to blow sometime. They don't do that. Now, and I know in wrestling the thing is, like, if you do, if you were to do that with the Headbangers, you might be thinking, oh, well, people are going to think the Headbangers are going to, like, feud now. And no one wants that. So they're just not going to do that. No one wants a Moss versus Thrasher feud? I mean, folks, I would love one. <laughs> Bosh, Thrasher, Feuding. I mean, they, they have a barn burner match later on. Well, of course, absolutely they do. Oh, we get another video from Brian Pillman, who's in bed with a reluctant Marlena. I feel like I've undersold that this feud is about purported sex crimes and sexual violence, which is one of those things 
especially in retrospect, I'm like, oh, really? I don't know. I really undersold the awfulness of this. because it's really bad. Because <laughs> it's one thing for Brian Pillman to be like, oh, she actually likes it. It's another thing for her to be like in there and like be upset and be like, oh, this feels uh, – I just uh, don't feel good about this at all. I mean, okay, it's, it's a storyline. It's not real. It's wrestling. It's stupid. It was a different time. And I'll say in my defense, the original plan for the storyline was for uh, Brian Pillman and Marlena to actually be in cahoots and for this to be an act. And we and got a tease of that trial. last. We got a tease of that last week, right? Because she hit. Uh, who's he facing last week with her purse? Um, uh, she interfered on his behalf last week, so right. you saw that uh, kind of like, oh, they, they, and they. Well, no, think, no, she interfered. She interfered against Owen to make Owen actually mad at him. So Owen actually wrestled Brian Pillman. So that was her being kind of sneaky, I would argue. Oh, okay, but yes, okay, fine. You telling me that, like, yeah, the plan was like, aha, this is the plan all along, stupid, then that's yep. that's okay. Unfortunately, we never get there because Brian Pillman passes away. Brian Pillman um, passes, yeah. yeah. So that is where we get to. But yeah, it's Brian Pillman in the hotel room. Um, yeah, he says he wants cold dust handcuffed to the ring post or bad blood to ensure his safety when he faces dead dude love. I don't know why he's facing dude love. And I also think it's funny to be like, look, someone someone from a different storyline is, is causing problems for me. It's just the feud I'm actually having is the issue here. So, um, if you could have somebody in place who could, um, you know, protect me from the other storyline that's actually happening, that would be great. Yeah, exactly. Uh, dude loves his star. Mick Foley is just showing his versatility. He can feud with everybody on the roster. He's great. That's right. He'll do everything. He'll be in every character. He's totally fine for it. Yeah. Um, dude Love comes down to the ring to join J.R. Vince and Lawler on commentary for The Sultan with the Iron Sheik going up against Goldust. And so now I'm like, okay, so Gold, Dude Love is here to do commentary for a match featuring the guy his pay-per-view, partner, pay-per-view opponent is feuding with? Is that the logic we're at here? Yep. That's where it is. Great. Okay, perfect. Thank you. Glad I understand. Yeah. King asks uh, Dude Love if you got his threads at JC Ugly. Uh, that's great. Pen, of course, it's <laughs> JC Pretty is the actual company. <laughs> I forgot about that. That's a good, great point. Um, Goldust has half his face painted, and uh, that side is like a skull. It's like a misfit skull, yeah. Looks pretty cool. It is like a misfit skull. Thank you. I, I was very much conscious. I was very much thinking of the misfits there. Yeah. Um, it's a look you would use uh, now. Yes. Goldust seems mad and heelish. Um, and I'm kind of like, okay, so that's where his character's going. JR promotes that Goldust and Marlena are going to renew their vows next Monday on Raw, uh, which mm. is not going to happen. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so. Goldust kicks out a Sultan super kick and he finishes with a bulldog. And I'm like, well, okay, you can't just you can't just do a bulldog. I'm sorry. That can't be okay. the finish for your match. And, and I know he's a big dude, but what are we doing? By the way, during this match, they just mentioned that Steve Austin has arrived. So we have a camera trained on the back. We'll we'll let you know the second Steve Austin's arrived, and it just happens that it's like, oh, he's here. Okay, yep. cool. I'm glad we, we yeah, that. we'll have a we'll photo of him immediately. And we're like, wow, well, well, you know. We Glad immediately, we had that immediately. video, but yeah, I had to go back and be like, "Wait, what was the finish in this match?" Like, because I saw Goldust just that bulldog and 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 win, I'm right? Like, eh? Um, so enjoy, folks. Your only pinfall victory of the night. That's it. Yeah, it couldn't have come at a better time with a better match. We were all thrilled about it. Right. Um, Goldust was wearing his wedding ring the whole match, which they mentioned. He takes it off to kiss it, so it's just just so we know where he's really at mentally. And of course, if you're married to somebody and you really want to embrace being married to them, one of the things you do is take your ring off. Well, also, like, they mentioned he's, he's wearing the wedding ring. Goldus, as a character, wears gloves. So he's just, like, right, not wearing his gloves. Because he's, like, he's wearing his wedding ring. Like, how does he know that he wears gloves? And then it's just a close-up of his hands. It's just like, oh, he's just not wearing gloves tonight. Okay. He could wear okay. his wedding ring every night. We just have no idea. 
I pres- yeah, presumably he is, he is constantly doing that, right? I mean, a scatter count is a foreign object as well, right? Uh, years later, he would get the, um, what are they called? They're like the silicon rings you can wear just so you don't like, get your finger caught on something, right? Yeah, exactly. The um, Oh, gosh, you said the name of these things. I thought you were going to say years later, he would challenge for the dynamite diamond ring. Oh, yes. Uh, one MJF has. But I, I don't think that's exactly what we're getting at with that, so that's fine. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I just love I love the un- the lack of subtlety with that. Just be like, and just and, and, and of course, like he's also doing something very like okay. We 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 asked him to do this, to like, to take it out and play with it after, because otherwise we're not we're, we're not gonna know the ring to be clear. Um, <laughs> yeah, sorry, phrase. I gotta work on my phrasing there. Okay. Um, yes, uh, we see footage Stone Cold arriving a few moments ago. He flipped off a security guard on the way in. <laughs> it's and, a little unnecessary. And that's how you know it is time for War Zone, the War Zone here yeah. in New York. Uh, here comes Stone Cold Steve Austin wearing a hat, carrying a microphone, and the crowd is going absolutely nuts for him. And By the Austin way, yes, he the- walks he walks through the entrance of the arena wearing yeah. a uh, wearing his uh, jean shorts, a leather vest with nothing underneath, yep. and a ball cap. That's how ball he enters cap. the building. He it's just a look. walks around it- outside like that, and then yes, glass shatters, and he comes out to the ring wearing exactly that because he's wearing exactly that. Okay, fine. That's it. He just walked from. He got out of his car, presumably walked straight to the ring. Out of his truck, walk, Matt. Come on. His truck. His monster truck, his, as we see later mon- on, of course. He drives a monster <laughs> truck everywhere. One of those great details. He's going to be driving a monster truck. It's like, why would he ride? Hey, what is... Because it's right. awesome. Austin Vince v- demands Vince get in the ring. Vince says, Austin, you're either a lunatic or you just don't give a damn. And Austin says, he doesn't care if Vince fires him. And I'm like, dude, I wouldn't either. Because otherwise you go back to, to go back to WCW and get that Turner money. Vince, by the way, says, uh, I don't know if you're, uh, you know, if you don't just give a damn... Quite frankly, I don't give a damn anymore. Always like a good, good quite frankly from uh, Good BK. quite frankly from Vince. Vince says that Austin has some options. Number one, he can bring a doctor's note next week to say he's good to wrestle, which <laughs> won't happen. You're not gonna find a you're gonna find some some quack anywhere in this land of ours who's gonna say that, Austin. They told me to get vaccinated. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> yeah. No, excuse me. He's one. Oh, interesting. You go. It was happening there. Um, two, Vince says, you can sign a document saying you accept all responsibilities for any potential in- injuries and liabilities, all this sort of thing. Or step three, uh, we'll discover that balloons happen if you do peace. Well, you did the, you just, you did the balloon. I'm getting ballooned Sorry. right now. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Oh, the man. We're such like old people on the internet. Like, oh. Will, Will, every time that I've done this and someone realized it, they all react the exact same way. So I think it's fine. I only <laughs> talk to old people, though. Tim <laughs> Cook, what are you doing? You're interrupting our videos. Come on, Tim. Um, and third place is you're fired. So Vince, <laughs> Vince invokes. Uh, he, go, he goes full Glengarry Glenn, Glenn Ross here. Saying yeah, that another mammoth. Number three. That's it. That's another right. Mammoth. Oh, mammoth cast. There we go. Smack addict next. <laughs> go full mammoth. Don't read the news. Uh, Steve Austin says he'll drop Vince on that, quote, stack of dimes you call a neck. Which Shawn Michaels said earlier tonight too. Again, where does that expression come from? That exact expression is so strange It comes from me. Steve. It's, it's got – or Texas, I guess, because they're both from there. A Undertaker says it actually about Triple H later on. He's like, "Oh my gosh, I'll drop but, but you it's like that stack of dimes you call a neck." <laughs> okay, the idea being like your neck is so small. I just like the idea of being like your neck is small. I mean, like I don't have an opinion one way or the other about how big my neck should be. I don't so care. stack of how stack of dimes, stack of dimes is a more um, evocative term to me than a pencil neck, right? Because a pencil is one sure. you know thing. A stack of dimes, you know, your neck is made of discs, so a stack of dimes uh, 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 twists and turns, um, but it's very thin and very uh, flimsy. Uh, so that's that. That's the one. 
A stack look, of times you call it. Look, that. here's the thing. If I'm if I'm if I'm Steve Austin, <laughs> I don't think I should go around saying people your neck is so thin it could be broken. It's like my guy, your neck was broken. Like what do you like? It's like I know you got a stack of tunies for a neck. Uh, sorry, American listeners, that's a large Canadian two dollar <laughs> coin. That's uh, right. I don't really have, but <laughs> but even, stack. even a stack of tunies doesn't sound that good. I think you'd want to have you know a stack of flapjacks, right? It's, it's Break just, that stack of tunies. You call a neck. <laughs> Toonies are really new in Canada. We just got it last year. You know, and you go even years later, most of the toonies you're finding are going to say 1996 on them. I don't know why. Did we make too many that year or what? Don't put them in your freezer and try to knock out the, the little <laughs> middle gold part. It's a felony. You can't do that. Did people do that with the freezer Canada? trick? I don't know if I knew that. Oh, part that was freezer. a big thing. They would put it oh, in the yeah. freezer and um, and like try to knock out the middle with a, a hammer sure. and a nail or something. Cause it's like, look, the middle just pops right out. Like, it pops right out if you do several <laughs> difficult steps. Minus 37 degrees Fahrenheit, and I managed to knock out the thing. All you have to do, if you light it to within 500 degrees centigrade, then it'll just come right out of there. It just and comes right off, it. and I'm like wondering what the Canadian man is thinking. Because Canadian public deserves better. Okay, so now okay, now what you've done is something more fascinating to me, Will, which is you're suggesting now there's some sort of uh, YouTuber from 1996 who's doing some sort of like uh, a video where the thumbnail is like, <laughs> I have questions for the rural Canadian <laughs> man. Like, mm-hmm. The thumbnail is like, Toonie, good? Or, you know, eh, or no. Nah. Unboxing the first Looney. He's <laughs> Looney about, was what? Looney was 89, I think? I think it was Looney's 87. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's true. <laughs> anyway, back to Vincent Austin. <laughs> what a and time stacks to be alive. of dimes and necks. Um, Austin says he might sign the document, <clears throat> or maybe he'll shove it with a sun note sign. I mean, there. I mean, that's another line that very much uh, I, I think about the Mark Wahlberg and the Departed. You know, maybe, maybe not. <laughs> maybe not. Maybe. maybe so. You know. Yeah. So. Uh, maybe, so Austin is done. Pretty much nothing is resolved. This is this is just to keep him on camera. And this is the thing where it's like, if you if anything on the show can be considered eventful, it's this moment, and nothing really happens. He just yeah. kind of says, "I might do something." Uh-uh. You ever watch like yeah? You ever watch like a scene in a movie or a show, and you were like, maybe you think like you 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 you, you tuned out for a second, and then you're like, oh, wait, they're on to another. The scene's over. But I don't think anything got done there. Did I miss something. And that's how I felt about this. I was like, you know, I'm, I'm writing notes. And I was like, so this. And uh, I think my final note was like, Steve Austin doesn't care. <laughs> I was like, this is the note. Because, yeah, nothing happened. He's like, Vince, like, you do one of three things. And I'm like, huh? Uh, uh, okay, no. Right. Gonna do. Call him A, call him B, call him C, call him D. None of the above. Uh, yeah, so... <laughs> Yeah, not, not not much not not much happening there, and that's that's fine. Austin, uh, he he, uh, he wanders around and gives Vince the finger in front of the announce table. He gets he gets he gets um, uh, uh, inspiration from uh, Sean and Hunter early on. He's just uh, being a bit of a petty dick <laughs> as he leaves. Pretty much, yeah, I would he, say so. He just like rings the ring bell, throws the hammer at Vince, uh, like picks up his headset, like hey, come on, uh, you know, and gives him the finger. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. That's it. Uh, speaking of fun, next up, the Headbangers versus Jesus and Jose of Los Boricuas. And I really wish, if I started this, this show over again, guys, what I would have done is for matches like this, I would have gone back from the beginning and, and figured out what would have been on Nitro at the same time and just reviewed that instead. Truly. And just be like, here's what would have happened. Truly, truly outrageous. Yeah, I think, I think that makes a lot of sense. I think maybe like the NBC Nightly News is on around this time, <laughs> so you can watch that instead. Uh, yeah, this is... Um, 
like the the crowd doesn't care about the two members of Los Pericos. The crowd, okay, look, the crowd doesn't really care about Los Pericos anyway. Hate to tell you, and yeah. they especially don't care about Los Pericos, who aren't Savio Vega, who's the guy they've watched for years. Yes. These are just the two guys that nobody. I, I I actually don't know which one is which, unfortunately, and I should yeah. because they're not dressed the same this week. They come out in what I think is a terrible outfit to wrestle in. Um, I it, it's definitely a choice, that's for sure. Like it's the most grabbable thing ever. It's the yeah, these they, really they, big baggy pants and like loose baggy shirts and stuff. That, you know, jeans, like, boots. There's a hoodie involved. Yep, they're like cool like '90s guys. You know, whatever. Right on, man. But it's a terrible strategy. Don't wrestle in that. They can pull your pants and like grab you and all that stuff. And the crowd doesn't care at all. This match is for the title, Matt. This is, yes, a, this championship is a championship match. match. It's on yep. the line. And yeah, nobody I'm, cares. And nobody cares, of course. Um, I, now, something I do appreciate is that JR takes his time to complain about Commissioner Slaughter's plan to have yes. Steve Austin present the Intercontinental that. title to the winner of the ring on Sunday at Bad Blood. He's just like, what? Like, what? what is he thinking is going to happen? Why would you Sometimes do that? Sometimes JR gets so frustrated, it feels like he's going into business for himself. Or, or at yes. least he's like the Kevin Owens where he's the voice of the audience, and he's like, this is so dumb. What, what does he expect is going to happen? Yes. If he's going to come to the ring and expect Steve Austin to hand over the title, and I quite enjoy that. Uh, it was very, very amusing to hear him go into on Slaughter like that. Um, yeah, JR, speaking of the outfits they wear, JR invokes Luthez to say they're dressed a bit differently. <laughs> he says also Luthez is going to be in, in the Keel Center on uh, for Bad Blood and somebody else, too. Sick, nice. Probably not Harley Race, because I think Harley's probably still with WCW at the time, but Harley Race is... One of the more famous uh, St. Louis uh, wrestlers I can think of. I don't know if he is formally if he's formally with the with World Championship. Maybe not. Maybe not formally. Yeah, he might just mm. kind of be in the ether. But I mean, he's I'm very curious about this now. Actually, when did he? Oh, it's a very uh, strange situation. Um, yeah, this match is so boring. They actually do a split screen with the commentary table <laughs> at some I mean, point. You, you, you never want that to happen. Now, um, Jesus drops a headbanger with the Hurricane Rana, but then the Godwins run in. Complete with Uncle Cletus, and the match ends in a disqualification. That is three for four matches tonight. And it's just like the like on the last spot, it's like, oh, finally the match will end, and then someone just like runs in. And it's like, oh, ding, ding, ding. Great, yeah. this is worthwhile. Great, and it's like, okay, so do those guys just beat? Do these guys just beat the headbangers? Like that's what it seems like. Like it seems like they would have had them beaten completely. But Ex- uh, exactly, yeah. Uh, so it makes the headbangers look really, yeah, it looks stupider. Uh, and yeah. this and the other break was come down for the save, and they all brawl. Cool. Yep. Uh, whatever. What, what was it they said it's going to be like? Um, oh, no, it's it's uh, Nation Domination against uh, LOD and Shamrock and Johnson. Is that it? But Frug already has a match. I, I think they announced recall. that earlier. Yeah, but we'll find out in a week. It comes up a few times. Um, this is the moment where uh, Chimmel's decision is 80 yard. Okay. And he doesn't, like, he's just like, here is your winner by disqualification, the Headbangers. Oh, so he sounds like a, like an NHL video game from, like, the, the late 90s. <laughs> yeah. That's a choice. Well, he said it's in the game, which I thought was weird. WWE, it is the game. Um, now we have Owen Hart coming down to the ring, and uh, he's wearing a shirt reading Owen 316 on the front. On the back, it says, I just broke your neck. And it's the uh, second week with his new uh, music. That's right. Yeah, he's the new music. I was kind of like, um, sad to see it. Sad to hear it, but 
it was a time for things, you know, to change and everything like that. So I have to kind of make peace with it. So that's okay. Yeah, exactly. Enough is enough. It's time for a change. That's right. So he's got a different look here. Um, uh, but he also has a SWAT team's worth of guys who come down to the ring with him, and their heads are completely covered in masks. So I just want to. I mean, get if that if, if you didn't see what was coming here, uh, I guess. Oh, you know what? Actually, I know. I, maybe I know what's coming because I watch too much like modern wrestling and this kind of thing like this we keep we keep recycling steve austin uh plots and ideas in wrestling uh in the you know kind of 26 years since this but they all come out it's the riot squad quote unquote uh not ruby um and they're all wearing like full like welders face masks because of course they're gonna fire off tear gas like why are they wearing the face shields (laughs) down like are they expecting to come across like Look, the worst, the worst kind of detritus being thrown at the ring was like in Birmingham, uh, you know, uh, weeks ago when they're all yes. throwing stuff at Sean or if it was yep. a moment where like, can you imagine? Like this used to happen all the time. NWO every single week. There's just cups and crap being thrown at the ring all the time. And yes. like watch a show now. You could not besides streamers being thrown. You could not imagine a single person throwing a single thing. Roman Reigns, the huge right. heel. People hate him, but nobody's throwing anything at Roman. People no. just kind of sitting there. They don't even bring signs anymore. That's fine. It's probably better to uh, watch the show that way. Um, it is one of those things where I'm like, man, what happens if there's like a, 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 something that they actually need these guys for in Albany? They're just around Owen Hart. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. What if something? Tr- what if something truly obviously happens? Check the Albany State House, please. Check, yeah, because Albany can only afford four guys. But, yeah, they're wearing the full masks. And, again, yep. if you don't know what's coming, then I don't know what to tell you. Vince is in the ring to ask why Owen is crazy enough to wear a shirt like this when Austin is running around. And no one says, look, I'll do it again if I have to. This is Vince's third in-ring interview segment tonight. That's right. So. Sean, yeah. Austin, Owen. Yep. And Owen gives Vince grief for letting Austin run wild in a company that his father started. And he kind of, it's interesting the way he kind of frames it, Owen does, where he's kind of like, you know, he's kind of bringing more reality into it, being like, hey, man, like, you got to watch, like, your father made something here and you have this. And this is like, this is real for you. Like, you got to, like, take care of this guy. Like, get, like, let's figure this out, man. Like, this isn't what I want you to do. It's still real to him, damn it. It is still, in fact, real to him, comma, damn it. Uh, Owen finishes the interview with his arms raised on the ropes. But, of course, one of the cops is in the ring after taking off his mask, and it is Steve Austin. And he stutters oh, Owen. He stutters Owen. He runs off. SWAT guys grab at him imp- impotently afterwards. They don't. They can't get to him. And Jared calls Austin the Richard Kimball of the World Wrestling Federation. <laughs> yes. To, Richard's to the fugitive. Uh, I knew you'd appreciate that. Hell, I appreciated it. It was great. Absolutely. I want to see Steve Austin get cornered at a, at a you know, um, where was it? This you know giant water pipe over a, a dam. You know, that's right. Tommy Lee Jones. Oh, I so didn't kill my wife. I don't I care. Don't care. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. WrestleMania 21, and I think they did it recently as well for WrestleMania last year. They do like the movie trailer or movie scenes. You know, uh, they should have done that. That's Steve Austin. He was the gladiator instead. They did that. Uh, oh yeah, that opening works. of WrestleMania 21. After a commercial, we see Jim Neidhart sitting over Owen Hart as he lays on a spine board. The commentator <laughs> suggests he's acting as his bodyguard. It's a strange thing. It well, doesn't look right to me. It's just like they go backstage like, oh, I'm just lay there for a second. Five seconds of filming. All right, and we're out. All right, see you guys. <laughs> Thank you. 
yeah. we go to a video package of the guys who are building the Hell in a Cell, and they're just like, I don't know, they look like you're like the guys that your uncle drinks with. And Jr. Uh, King says it looks like the guys that put up his aluminum siding, and like they're building this like legendary WWE F structure, and <laughs> King's just like roasting these metal. Metal workers. I almost call but them metal, I mean, metallurgists, but I think it's something else. I mean, they're essentially just building a, a large fence. They're building a, a chain link fence, a large fence. And one guy climbs it just to see. And I guess he's oh. the first person ever to climb the cage. So good for, you know, Joe. Joe That's Lunchbox. Right. And somewhere, as, as he climbed that somewhere, Mick Foley had a, a chill run down his spine. He's like, oh, <laughs> he said, have mercy. He's like, oh, I feel like at some point I'll probably do hot ones. <laughs> Anyway, I'm thr- thrilled Mick Foley is still going, by the way. That's He's a going concern. He's a going yeah. concern. Um, yeah, it's funny because Vince is talking about how tall it is, which I guess from four to the ceiling is pretty tall. And it's also crazy to think about just how much taller it gets because it gets much taller. It gets taller, right? For some reason, mm-hmm. I thought it got shorter. But no, it gets no, taller. Because, I mean, the most noticeable thing is if you watch the Bad Blood Hell in a Cell match, and you will, and everyone should because it's great. And when Sean is on the top row. Well, you're going to next week with us, folks. You You have no choice. That's absolutely true. Um, we could just listen to the show if you wanted to. When Sean's on the top <laughs> rope, he's like, he can stand comfortably. We can't stand that comfortably because he's, he's actually got the cage over his head. So right. he can't really get elevated. And he's kind of like touching the top of the cage. In later Hell in a Cells, you can There's stand on the top of the cage. You can stand on the top, top of the top cage top and like, yeah, like ricochet like 450 and like not hit the top or whatever. Not even come close to it. Montez Ford could do his uh, frog splash from there very comfortably. Uh, JR also says as they're building the uh, cell, uh, the cell is not AARP certified. Why did he feel a need to say that? Like the American Association of Retired Persons? I guess that might be a veiled shot at WCW having old people. That would be ah, my, okay. That would be my only be, guess. I can always get behind that. I think that's hilarious. <laughs> uh, the Nacho Man and the Huckster? Yeah. I just, I mean, <laughs> it's just really funny that these guys are old as hell. And if you ran into the airport, you'd be like, my guy, good to see you. <laughs> oh, of course. How right? are you? Like, oh, yeah, brother, just doing business, Vince. Yeah, dude. Yeah, <laughs> Time for Triple H, and who's here with China and Shawn Michaels to go one on one with the Undertaker player. I and almost thought this was a uh, going to be a match that would uh, definitely happen in our oh. parlance, uh, but it, you know it does. It happens just enough to have said it kind of sort of happened. <laughs> uh, so Taker makes his way down to the ring, and Bret Hart and British Bulldog come out and attack him. And I was like, okay, I mean Undertaker, uh, he chokeslammed Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels last week on the show to end the show. But also, bet, like, that was unbelievable, by the way, like that visual great. of that. Like he's like the two biggest guys in 1997. He chokes lands both of them. It's sick. It's great. It helps that they're like the perfect size for that. Uh, but why aren't British Bulldog and Brett going after Sean? Didn't Brett th- threaten Sean earlier tonight? Like he seemed like Sean would be his main concern. I think JR says or somebody says something like, oh, he's going to get the Undertaker and then he's going to get the other guy. Like then they're going after Sean. I, like, I, I mean, like, that's fight that's, the that's, Undertaker that's, first. You're really, really drawing a conclusion that's not supported in the uh, in there at all. I would say, uh, now Patriot Invader rundown because they're taking on Bulldog and Brett, and they take out them. They take those guys out, oh, and Patriot. they they go away. And then Shawn Michaels and Triple H come out and they attack Undertaker on the ramp as the referee tries and fails to stop them. And Taker fends them off and finally gets in the ring. Although Triple H has the edge now, and the bell rings for the match to begin. Uh, and yeah, so Triple H is doing fine, but then. Taker gets a choke slam, and he signals for a tombstone, but that draws Rick Rude down to the ring with a briefcase, which he bashed against Taker's back to draw a disqualification after really only a couple minutes. Jeez Louise, folks. Come on. Yeah. Forward disqualifications for five matches. Yeah, and the other pinfall kind of sucked. 
Like, uh, yes. What are we doing here? Like, yeah, it's out of control. Um, and Triple H and China hold Undertaker up for Sweet Chin Music, which I always like. I like anytime you kind of feed a guy to a guy or there's a beat down, you throw each other into finishers. I'm enjoying that. More than just <laughs> yeah. kicking and punching. Like, just, you know, you're wrestlers. Let's do some things. Like, feed him for Shawn Michaels. It's good. Do Yeah, do the move. Yeah. Uh, Rick Rude opens the briefcase, which contains what every good briefcase contains, which is to say a body bag. So yep. who who's the real Undertaker here? Rick Rude, I mean, pulling a huge Undertaker move, just being like, being dressed in a suit and bringing funeral gear down to the ring. Did they ever have a feud? No, a I guess Undertaker. No, Sorry, I just like they did. You funeral won't go to a lot gear. of funerals and see a body bag uh, in the church or in the in a funeral home. Uh, I or, feel like I'm going to be sick. Do you have something? Yes, I do. Right over here. Yeah, it's uh, six foot nine you tall. Could, you, could, you could throw up 800 liters into this thing. You puke that much. It'd be fine because of the volume. Speaking of which, body bags. Let's talk body bags for a second. Do you have to buy them certain sizes? Um, for example, the one for the Undertaker. He's six foot ten. He's a very large individual. Yeah, big um, bag. Yeah, he's big bag, right? Big bag. Yeah. Big bag. I agree. Yeah, I would think it's be quite quite large. Like, do they um, reserve those bags for like NBA games just in case something happens on the court, and then just like just keep these? Seven... <laughs> oh damn, it's Victor Wimbayama. Oh no, we need two. <laughs> Why am I saying sorry? That's terrible. We need two. You can sit, if you sit them together, it actually works fine. Kind of, it's like sleeping bags. It's it's like it works out well. Bag. <laughs> so they take out the body bag. They put Undertaker in there. <laughs> yes. They celebrate, and then the body bag <laughs> rises. The person inside sits up, and uh, which kind of makes the whole thing worth it because of the visual of the body bag sitting up is great. It's actually really cool. <laughs> <laughs> they, kick, they kick a taker. He gets up. He drops Triple H. He chases Shawn Michaels up the ramp. Triple H comes after Taker, but he gets dropped as Taker stalks Shawn Michaels. Um, then Shawn Michaels goes to leave through the entrance again, but there's smoke and a red light. That's right. Which freaks Shawn out and is a weird cartoony detail that was like kind of out of place and one that I can't really wrap my mind around. Will, was that supposed to be a tease for Kane? Yes. That, I, I do I, think but, that. But Shawn's freaked out. But it's such a weird detail. Like, Undertaker doesn't see that and go like, "Oh man, that means something to me." And, they, and it's just like it's a yeah. very cartoony thing in a, in a show that's all about like Shawn, Steve Austin. Will you sign a document where you, <laughs> you, you where disregard your indemnity and take on your reliabilities? And we're, we're talking about Rick Rude, who's the benefactor, and you're kind of like, "Oh, scary light is freaking people out, man." See, I thought when they were heading back up the ramp, this is something that would happen. I'm sure years later, like, but like the, they'd have like the pyro go off or something, like the flame, like a flame sure. wall head up or right. something. I was like, whoa, we can't go that way. Like, I don't know. I thought it'd be something like that. Yeah, a red light with some smoke was like a little cartoony. Uh, yeah, big time. Uh, and tr- uh, Taker takes Triple H and tombstones him on the skill stage <laughs> as Sean climbs the Titan Tron. This is the this is this happened a few times where uh, <laughs> where Triple H takes a tombstone on Shawn Michaels' behalf. He does. Um, yeah, and Shawn starts to scale the Titan Tron, and we just go off the air right there. There we go. That's right. Bad blood this weekend. Order it. Will, I'll let you get your thoughts on the show and your rating before we get to our bonus match. But you will. Uh, we three tier rating system here at the show is in the dungeon. It means it's bad. There's the night hard zone, which means it's not great. And there's another one I don't need to tell you about because you're not going to say it. So. <laughs> You use, in this case, you get two tiers. Get two tiers. Oh, so do I? So uh, now, now do I give it the the best tier then? Because if you give me two tiers, then the nine heart zone then, then therefore becomes the best tier. Well, I'm falling asleep. Come on, hit me with it. What are you watching? Los Barricos versus the Headbangers? <laughs> uh yeah, it's you know what? I, I'll be generous and give it a nine heart zone. 
Uh, it's it's not good. It's four five matches again. Four of them end in DQ, and the one pinfall is kind of weird. Um, uh, three Vince interview segments, and uh, you know they're fine. The people executing the segments are capable, uh, but yeah, it's just uh, not a very hot show. Again, it feels like they really just were like went all out at Madison Square Garden, and now they're just like, uh, yeah, I guess we still got to do another show before bad blood and um i don't think uh i mean i haven't seen bad blood in a long time i don't think i've ever seen the entire show but i've seen the the hell in a cell match a long time ago to my memory it's excellent Uh, i'm very looking forward to seeing it so this is one of the cases where like they i think they're figuring out how to like sell sean as like a must-see guy even though he's a heel like they do it right up until wrestlemania basically where i think actually jr says it at hell in a cell is like there's no one who like Re, there's no athlete who is like the big match athlete on earth compared to Shawn Michaels. Like nobody's even close to like big match, big match Shawn. Anyway, uh, nine hard zone for me. Uh, pretty milk toast show. Yeah. I mean, it's watchable enough. That's the one thing I will say. It's watchable, even though nothing really mm-hmm. happens. There's no good finishes, everything like that. I am going to give it in the dungeon, but I will say the higher end of in the dungeon. <laughs> so you're kind of approaching, oh, maybe I'm going to get out of the basement and you hear, oh, and then, <laughs> then you hear, you're like, uh, uh, discipline. You're like, oh, what is it? You're, and you kind of look back, and you're kind of like, he's starting to kind of come after you, Stu is, and yeah. he's like, ah, yeah, I was gonna yeah. talk about. He says something about Red Deer, and you're like, what are you, what are you doing, Red Deer? What are you doing? Yeah, this is Saskatoon, the Saskatoon Berry Festival. Folks, this is not the show. We're not done. We have a bonus match to talk about, folks. It's Bret Hart versus Shawn Michaels in a steel cage match from December first, nineteen ninety three. It is a superstars taping. This is on Coliseum Home Video. I don't know which release it came out on, but it, it, that is how we are seeing it. And just to give some context, uh, this is shortly after Survivor Series 1993, where Brett Owen and the Hart Brothers took on Shawn Michaels, who replaced Jerry Lawler, and a team of knights. Oh, yeah. Who were the knights? Just a bunch of guys. Oh, it's... No, okay. Now, now the problem with that, Will, is you say that, and I'm like, well... Uh, so Survivor Series 1993. Because actually, <laughs> okay. the Knights are, I will say, kind of interesting. The guys that they had do that, I would yeah. say. Um, okay, so here we go. Okay, folks, this is great television. Um, the Black Knight, the Blue Knight, and the Red Knight. I don't know what they wore. But it was Jeff Gaylord okay. who was around and stuff like that. <laughs> so he, far. He wrestled a little bit. Not much going on So far, him. so good. <laughs> on, on Cage Match, someone gave him a 3 out of 10. Uh, I rating. love that cage match has ratings. Oh, I okay. I see who the Red Knight is. I won't say it. I see yeah, the. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Real quick, so, Jeff Gaylord. This person reviews and says, "Average wrestler, r- nothing really special going on from other than his physique." Lex Luger is even better than this guy. <laughs> oh wow! Lex which is which is Jeff, Lex Luger is great. He's like, shut up. Okay. Also, if that is your last name, you're not really gonna make it big time. Yeah, I don't think he went by Jeff Gaylord a lot, guys. Okay. Also, Gaylord was like the name of the arena in Nashville. In Nashville, yeah. It was. Yep. And when it was. I was younger, I didn't understand it. And I was like, but now I understand. It's just name. Name of family, um, yeah. That's right. Uh, the Blue Knight was Greg Valentine. Yes. And Barry Horowitz was the uh, the Red Knight. That's Barry right. Barry Horowitz, who also wrestled as Barry and Bret Hart in the past. A strange detail. Barry Horowitz once wrestled under the, the name Bret Hart. Bret Hart with two Ts. Oh wait, is this the guy who's in Germany? Is this uh, did I see these uh, clips recently of like a guy in Germany who just no? There's a guy in Germany who just like has his gear or like wears the same color gear and like has the same kind of like hair and look uh, yeah. as Bret Hart. Uh, I think I'm not sure if he still wrestles as him. Uh, anyway, is it like Green Cane? Uh, it's like green. 
Or blue cane, I can't remember what it is. Anyway, green. Those, game, yeah. those are the knights. Also, this is just before this match happens. Before Brett co-wins the 1994 Royal Rumble, so he's facing people like Sean on the house show circuit, plus Jeff Jarrett, Adam Bomb, and Erwin R. Scheister. Oh yeah, good to get those Adam Bomb matches in. Speaking of Royal Rumble 1994, and speaking of Lex Luger, um, at the time of recording, Lex Luger was recently on the Bump, which is the uh, the show that. Oh, Lex was okay. They brought him. They brought him on the Bump, and I was thrilled to see him. They haven't really had him on WWE program in any significant way. Uh, in recent years, and he's talking to right? him. In, uh, he's not in the hall, not yet. He's he's actually like a huge omission, which is why I'm sure that he's going in next year, considering he's yeah, yeah. Um, and they talked to him at one point. They're kind of like, "So you were one of the winners. Uh, you you know you won the 1984 Royal Rumble." And he went, "I didn't. I didn't really win. Like, <gasps> thanks, Lex. Like, well, just kind of being like, I mean." <laughs> You saw it. I got a coat one. That doesn't really count. And they're like, no, no, you won. They're like, and it's which I respect them being like, look, we'll give them this WWE one. YouTube show. We tell the company line, which is we talk about WWE first all the time. We refer to as WWE no matter when we're talking about what happened. Yeah, and uh, we also are going to say you co won the Royal Rumble. Uh, that was also when they were like, you were in the Four Horsemen, the NWO Wolfpack, and the Dungeon of Doom. Which is like, you didn't have to mention them. That's fine. <laughs> didn't need that part of it. Anyway, um, Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, Steel Cage match. The reason we're watching this one is that we're about to watch a major Steel Cage match on Bad Blood. So uh, this is this is a bit of a historic curiosity, right? These guys never really messed in a cage on camera prior to this one. And um, I mean, Bret versus Shawn is classic all the way around, no matter what. And let's see it in the cage. Let's go. This is some classic Shawn with the white pants and the red hearts, uh, yep. red like zebra striped hearts. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, Bret, which is like the classic hitman um, ensemble, just looking yep. great. That's Both of them look real good. Um, we got a classic blue bar steel cage, which I would guess is eight and a half feet tall, maybe nine, <laughs> maybe. maybe. I don't think it's. 10. I mean, it's it's fifteen feet high, man. It's it is unfortunately not very tall. It is not a very tall cage. When I was younger, I thought it was tall. It is not tall. It is if you stood on the top rope and you leaned, you could lean down and get out pretty easily. If you stood on the moon and reached for the cage, it would be closer to the earth than you are to the moon. Absolutely true, <laughs> undeniable there. Uh, Brett gets in the ring, and he and Sean go right after each other immediately, and Sean gets the early edge. And then our commentators speak up, and that might be the kind of the lifeblood of that, which is it's Gorilla Monsoon and Johnny Polo, a.k.a. Raven, in his, in his late 20s. So did you figure out who it was on commentary before Gorilla says his name? I had an inkling it was him after a while, but he sounds way more East Coasty than he ever has when he was Raven, you know, sitting in the corner spouting kind of poetry. I was thrilled to tell you that I did know right. I did know not immediately, not, not instantly, but it did take me a little bit to like no. And then I, and then I looked up to see if he was in the company at the time, and he was. So yeah, Johnny Polo. Like, does there. everyone do does commentary with Monsoon smoke a big joint before? Because they are just like <laughs> the most like lackadaisical like guys. They're just like, you know, just like well, you know, we're here. There's a wrestling match on. We might as well talk about it. Uh, Gorilla immediately gets like a frog in his throat. They talk about how Johnny Polo's a Phillies fan. Uh, they talk about later on. They talk about. Uh, I think Johnny Polo ma- managed the Quebecers at some mm-hmm. point, or yeah. So they talk about a Quebec Rules tag team match where the Quebecers like won via DQ against the Steiners, and Gorilla's like, "Why are you talking about this now?" There's a match going on. It's great. I do enjoy that. It seems like for these Coliseum video releases, they're just kind of like, "Okay, do commentary for them, but don't like." Don't take it seriously. Like let's don't, not... don't knock yourself out. Like they talk yeah. about like gorilla. Like he keeps referring to gorilla as a gorilla, and gorilla says that yes. gorilla could hang from one hand and beat you with the other three. And you know it's like gorillas be good at climbing a cage. Absolutely. Yada yada. They go on and on and on. 
Johnny Polo uh, does things- not stop talking. Polo, well, I mean, he's a commentator, uh, but I know what you mean. Uh, com- he, he also suggests that he thinks there should only be one way to get out of a cage match. He should be climbing over the top. He says going out of the door is the weenie way. He says it's the weenie way. Gorilla suggests he visit President Jack in Toronto. And I love the idea <laughs> that canonically Jack Tunney, who's actually you know from there, is like our president Canadian. is in Toronto, and that's where WWF head offices are kind of because by virtue of him being there. Now, I do have to push back on this. Uh, he should be the prime minister if he's from Toronto. Okay. I love that as a detail. What, what, what do you think to suggest? Every, every, every office is a, a prime minister. Um, a fi- Brett finally gets a shot when he dodges a dropkick from Sean, then slingshots Sean into the cage. Slingshot city coming up, says Gorilla Monsoon. That's it. Uh, Brett goes to climb over the top, but Sean grabs his leg and drops him down. And Sean grabs a waist lock, and he sends Brett down under the bottom rope, which was usually how you would get sent to the outside. But there's a cage there, and I like that as a detail. Moves you would do to the outside, which you cannot do in a cage match. Exactly. Which is great. Um, yeah, Grill and Polo also suggest that if you just touch the floor with a hand or anything else, you win the steel cage match because uh, the guys get close. And later it becomes it's on the ground with two feet, which is yeah. funny because I've seen cage matches where guys are like touching the ground with their hands. And I don't know. I kind of think it makes sense to me that you would have to, you could just touch the ground. You just like get out of the cage. And how can you be more out of the cage than just touching the ground, the floor? By the way, I think before they get to that part, uh, Gorilla drops an external occipital protuberance. Uh, yes, which he is does. Always, which is always a good uh, Gorilla Monsoon, and Johnny Polo has to call it, take him to task on that. Um, the uh, And then Johnny Polo also, they get really, uh, uh, they're, they're, they're splitting hairs. Because um, Johnny Polo says, you have to touch the ground, and Gorilla's like, well, you have to touch the floor. If you right. touch the ground, that'd be even harder to do. <laughs> well, yeah, what a, what a thing to get caught up on. <laughs> I know. So funny. It's like, all right, sure. Um, Sean and Brett take turns leaving for the door and getting grabbed uh, by the other guy, which Brett no one would use in their match in 1984. It's one of those spots you're going to watch. You go, yeah, I see them. That's a spot that they would use there. Yeah. Which which I like. One guy leaps and he gets stopped by the other guy. And then that guy leaps. He gets stopped. Yeah, and Gorilla Um, points out, you know, hey, you think it's so easy to leave through the door? You can't do it. It's not so easy. Um, It would be so easy, though. That's the problem. Is it would be so easy, guys. That could be so easy. Well, throughout the match, Gorilla does call the guys to task for not uh, incapacitating their opponent enough yep. that they can escape. He's like, oh, it's not going to be enough. Yep. Shine climbs out of the cage on the other side, but Brett climbs up after him and grabs him back in by the hair. Uh, Sean drops Brett crotch first on the top rope after being removed from the outside of the cage. And they say, you know, the commentators are always going to sing a lot higher. And things mm-hmm. like that. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, Sean goes uh, through the middle rope to get to the cage door, which Gorilla gives him grief for doing because he's crawling on his stomach. And he's like, why do you do that? And so yes. that Brett can go up, grab a middle rope, and then n- yank it up into uh, Sean's groin. Yeah, turnabout's fair play. Up there. Sean chokes Brett and then hits him with a crescent kick, also known as the future sweet chin music. And Sean climbs the cage. Brett climbs after but Brett grabs the cage, and he kicks Sean with both feet, draw- knocking him dramatically from the top to the rope to the floor. And I'm trying, I'm trying to think of how to describe this kick because it's not a drop kick. Where he's like, let's go. He's like, he's like holding onto the cage and he swings with both feet and he kind of connects with the tops of both of his feet into Sean's face. And kind of like, not a donkey kick, but a kind of swinging move here. And I just enjoyed that. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, uh, Brett nearly climbs out, but Sean sees it and he runs and leaps and grabs Brett's hair to bring him back in, which was a fun spot. So yeah, really, really Sean kind of leaping dramatically uh, to make sure that there wouldn't be a move there, an escape. Uh, and Sean goes for sleeper. Which is a great spot in No Mercy 64, where you want to weaken a guy in a, in a cage match. 
And uh, well, I don't. Do you remember the cage matches in No Mercy '64? Because I want to talk about them briefly here. I feel like every time you whip somebody against the ropes, they would hit the cage. But I might be wrong about that. Not quite. You could if you did the. Um, I forget what it was. If you, did, if you grapple with a guy and you have to do up arrow or left arrow, you can kind of walk into the cage and then throw them into it. <laughs> but if they can't, can't, if they counter it, you walk them over and you go to do it. And they go ah no, and they hit you. And, oh, they hit you into the cage. The cage. Okay, so the cage in that you game. You start bleeding. Yes, the cage in that game is it's chain link. There's no mm-hmm. door and it's like thirty feet tall. <laughs> it's really really tall. Did you have to and, tap the button faster to climb faster? Was that it, or like get over the yeah, side of it? Here's the thing: if you don't have the other guy. In the, like, you have to get a guy. Okay, here's the thing. So like caution match, is that is that it? You could do. I don't know if you could do pinfalls or not, but you needed to have them in danger or out, like knocked out. Because danger, yeah. if you go to climb, first off, you need to have your special meter absurdly high. Oh yeah, because they can just grab the cage and shake they, you they up. Grab the cage right? and shake it, and you fall right down. And not only do you let you lose so much spirit meter. I, I mean, look, if you're a young and experienced fan, uh, you know, player, and you try to do that. You go up when you're like doing okay, and then the guy just shakes you off. You're deep blue, and you're down there, and he just climbs up and, and he leaves. climbs out. Oh man! The only real thing you can do in that is to work a submission, get a guy knocked out, so he's knocked all the way out, and then get almost a special, <laughs> climb the cage yourself, and get out. And even then, it is close. Cage matches are crazy. <laughs> They're wild. Oh, I love it. And that is what Sean is trying to do here. <laughs> Sean is like, this video game is going to come out 2001. It's going to be awesome. Well, 2000. Not 2001. Come on, think like crazy. Um, all right. Brick gets out of the sleeper. He sends Sean into the cage. And then Brick goes to climb, but Sean is coming up right after. And they both straddle the top of the cage and punch each other. But Sean gets outside quicker. Brick gets right next to him. He smacks him into the cage. And Sean drops, but his leg is caught in the cage. So he hangs upside down outside the cage, helpless and very much not on the floor. Yep. And, and so Bret Hart drops down, winning the match and retaining his title. Will... I think it's about 12 minutes this match. What did you think of it? What, do you, what rating would you give it? Yeah, it's uh, well, you didn't give the rating earlier. So um, it was, uh, yeah, fun, like, uh, yeah, fun uh, cage match. Not super long, but uh, exciting. Uh, good spots. Not not really any time to, to get bored. Good. I'll give it a TBTI, TBTWTI, TBWB. Excellent. I am right there with you. Uh, it's fun. It's good spots. It's worth a watch. And I think it's like, uh, you know, it's always it's got the unique quality of being Sean Michaels versus Bret Hart in a cage match. You ever see that yeah. before, folks? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, so yeah, the next show that we are covering on this podcast will be the the uh, we be bad blood. Because baby, now we got bad blood. That's right. That's what we're doing here. So uh, yeah, there's no bonus match in that show because uh, Bret is in a tag team flying match later on. Um, but yeah, this first ever Hell in a Cell match. Um, we talked about Brian Pillman's Untimely Death, which is a bummer, and we will talk about it, but we'll get into it then on that show. Uh, and so yeah, folks, you can follow us, Smack Out of the Pod, on Instagram and Twitter. You can share the show with a friend. You can review us on Apple Podcasts while you still have time to do so. Because if I get my count right here, I'll say, okay, this is after, after the show, there is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven episodes left Ooh. of the Hitman's Last Great Year. Wow. We're coming up on the end of the last great year. E. With Survivor Series 1997, a show which will be oh so fun. A show that will live in infamy. Absolutely. And so uh, look forward to talking about that. But yeah, we're in the, we're in the home stretch here, folks. Um, you just finished listening to episode, I don't know what you got here, 57 of the podcast here, and we're only going to 64. So we'll get into that. We'll cover as much of Bret Hart as we can. Uh, will, thank you for joining me. Thanks for being a guest co-host. Thank you for breaking it all down. And thank you for coming on time as opposed to uh, Steve Austin, who does not come on time. Uh, thank you very much, Matt. And now I'm going to make my way uh, away from the computer desk, okay. and uh, I'm going to leave now. And uh, oh no! Oh, 
Okay, now the light is okay, yeah, red. I, I, and I want to be clear. There's a light behind Will that is red, and it's, yeah, it's scary red. It's I'm scary red. It's very scary. Boy, I can't oh leave this room now. I don't know what to do, Matt. I'm going to have to watch Bad Blood right now. That's good, folks. We'll be climbing the scaffolding, and we'll talk to you next week.